welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium-ish. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we talk all things paranormal, go on the occasional investigation, and receive messages from spirit and our spirit guides along the way. This is Ghosties. (laughs) Hey everybody, it's Christina from the Ghosties podcast, and I wanted to throw up a bit of a disclaimer. So in part one of our episode today, Missy and I address and talk about the mass shootings that have occurred in Texas this past week in the United States. Um, Our hearts are heavy and we are just heartbroken, y'all. So if that is triggering for you, uh, skip to part two in the episode today. But we send our thoughts and our prayers and prayers and wishes for change to those in power as well as to the families who have lost people this week. We love you all. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Ghosties podcast. Welcome. What's been happening? Oh, the usual. <laughs> same old, same old. But here we are recording separate again because life, so... <laughs> And my internet has been literally disconnecting and connecting every day, all day on my phone. So this may or may not go well. We'll see. Oh, gosh. I know. It just doesn't even work anymore. Like, I don't even know what's happening. It just, all day long, it's like, it just shuts off and shuts on. I don't know. And it does this everywhere. So I'm sure it's something with my phone, even though my phone's not old. But that is my luck with phones. Goodness. Yeah. Goodness gracious. It's been a heavy week. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot going on. A really heavy week. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the whole elementary school shooting in Texas is like just weighing on a lot of people right now. Mm hmm. And coming from, you know, working in an elementary school, um, we're not really allowed, we're not supposed to address it with our classes. Um, We're obviously not trained to do so. So we've just been told if any of your kids, you know, seem to need counseling, send them to the counselor. Um, Other than that, we're not really supposed to touch on it. But the first day back, some of my students apparently were immediately talking about bringing weapon like what would happen if they brought weapons to school oh my gosh now I didn't hear it and apparently it was a very like very innocent conversation you know it wasn't like a really like a scenario like a what if scenario but it was you know just mentioned and I don't know so you know that they know about it and they hear it and you just wonder as children what they think yeah yeah and it, you know, I guess it doesn't really like it, it hits home because I'm in the school, but my kids aren't in school yet. So I don't even have like that part of that fear, but I know for me, you know, we, a few weeks ago, we had a, they came on the announcements and said, you know, a modified shelter in place or something or modified lockdown situation. And I messaged you and was like, I don't know what's going on because I have no idea. I've never done even a lockdown drill before. <laughs> Yeah. So it was just 
I was so nervous. I immediately like locked the classroom door and covered the window. And I'm like, do my kids need to hide? I immediately like went into like, you know, survival mode for my kids, yeah, not knowing what was going on. So I just can't imagine, you know, what the people in that school went through are going through and just all of my thoughts and love go out to everybody involved in that. Just breaks my heart. Like <clears throat> I was telling Kyle, um, like, and I've told you this before, but, um, I, one of the people that was killed in the Virginia tech massacre was a girlfriend of mine that I had gone to church with. <clears throat> she was in youth group with me. Um, and she was murdered when she was 19 years old, had just gotten, um, so I was really angry back then. And I can remember thinking like, <clears throat> you know, when is this going to be enough? And here we are, you know, almost 20 years later. Yeah, it's, you know, and I'd, when you hear about Sandy Hook and all these other places, like, again, like, it's really tragic. It's sad. And then like, if you put in, you know, I don't know, just it, things have made me think about it more. I guess it didn't really hit home with me, but now like, you know, I just looked at this video and it, of course they're playing like Eric Clapton tear, Aaron Clapton um, tears in heaven behind the video of all these kids that died the other day. And it just was, you know, it just made it even worse to watch the video, but it was just pictures of them. And I just started thinking about all of, you know, my 16 students and like, it's just hard. Yeah. I don't know. They're my babies. So I want their parents to know that I would, you know, do what I can to protect them, but it's just sad, you know, I know. but anyways, let's move on. <laughs> You shouldn't have to be in that position. Nobody should. And those poor babies. And I don't know. We're not going to get into the whole argument of gun control or any of that. We're not going to throw that out there. But it just shouldn't happen. And maybe one day something will be done about it. I'm like, I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. I'm mad. Because this, yeah. this could have been avoided. Yeah, absolutely. But. One yeah. day, you know, one day we'll, we'll worry about more pressing situations other than what's going on with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and, you know, <laughs> all this, like stuff, you know, we'll actually maybe people, the powers that be will actually like, you know, pump something else out there besides all the stuff that they're just, you know, I don't know, all the Hollywood stuff. One day. Yeah. Yeah about some spooky stuff now oh i know you're talking about cave weirdness today y'all we love our cave weirdness as they know by the kentucky goblins and hellier and all that stuff (laughs) i mean we've been saying that we were wanting to do an episode about just like weird stories that have happened around caves um for a while now so we thought we would jump on that All right, y'all. So I've got a couple of stories here. All right. 
All right. So this first one is from November of 1997. So it says in November, 1997, two young outdoorsmen, 22 year old Dwayne Berger and his friend, Mark, who was also 20 had decided to camp near an old deserted copper mine in Arizona. They took snapshots of the scenery and even walked back into the tunnel a short distance to take more pictures. When daylight began fading, they built a campfire and prepared a supper of steaks and beans. (laughs) Then set about... (laughs) Very detailed. (laughs) (laughs) They prepared their dinner of steaks and beans, then set about their mission of relaxing and enjoying the outdoors. By the time it was dark, we had each downed a couple of long-necked beers, Dwayne later said. We were just sitting around the fire, feeling pretty good about life in general, when we began to hear these terrible screams that seemed to be coming from the old abandoned mine. The screams sounded female, and there was more than one of them screaming out at once in what sounded like screaming out in pain, as if they were being hurt or tortured. The two sat there motionless, not knowing how to respond. According to Duane, neither of them had ever discussed any of the aspects of supernatural prior to this. But I don't think that either of us thought for a moment that those screams could somehow be the product of spirits. The cries and moans sounded too real, like a bunch of women who were being tortured or something. The two assessed the situation. There were no fresh tire tracks or evidence of campfires to suggest that anyone other than themselves had been at that location for a very long time. The only theory we could devise, Duane stated, was that someone was living deeper in the mine and that someone, whoever it may be, was terribly mistreating whatever women were with them. The only weapons they could find were the steak knives they had. Imagine that, y'all. Tearing <laughs> into a mine with my steak knife. After eating steak and beans. <laughs> I feel like my farts would be more of a weapon. Oh than- my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and The only theory we could devise is that someone was living much deeper in the mine and they were mistreating the women that were with them. The only weapons they could find were the steak knives that they had and a tire iron. Yet they could not just sit by and listen to the pitiful uh, cries and do nothing. Bravely, the two entered the mouth of the tunnel, weapons and flashlight in hand. We had barely walked a dozen yards when we saw this greenish glow ahead of us. As we Hmm. got closer, we could make out the dark figures of two men in what looked like hooded robes. It was clear that they intended to block any of our own ongoing investigation or us walking any further. They whispered to each other. We watched them turn to each other and whisper in each other's ear. They did that for a moment, stumbling upon their activities. Suddenly we saw what looked like two women crouched on all fours in front of them, hunkered in the dirt. Mm. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I lost my place. Um, the hooded figures were barely five foot tall, uh, as we could account, but they were both muscular standing over, uh, at least six feet. Um, 
this really is, this is like the weirdest thing right now, but like all of a sudden it feels like the sound is draining out of the room. Oh. All right. Let me take some deep breaths. <laughs> okay. All right. Hopefully we don't have any sound disturbances right now. <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right. Whew. All right. They boldly demanded that the hooded figures release the women that they were hurting. They said that then both the figures replied weirdly in unison in a deep mechanical voice. They said, these women are beyond your help. Leave it once or perish. Leave it once or join them in the caves. Dwayne shined the beam of flashlight towards one of the beings' faces and was surprised to see what looked like a red Harlequin-type mask covering the top portion of this person's face. The rest of his face seemed to be a sickly gray color, Dwayne said. He didn't appreciate the light in his eyes, and he yelled what I assumed was a curse word in a different language. Then the little men produced what appeared to be wands of some type from which a yellow light erupted, striking the two instantly, rendering them immobile. Then they directed a green-colored beam against the wall of the mine, causing the solid rock to melt away, forming an aperture or a doorway. The two bizarre-looking hooded figures then entered the doorway and disappeared. In seconds, the wall had reformed back into solid rock. They drug the two women inside with them. The paralytic effects of the rays lasted less than a minute, Dwayne claimed. Uh, it left us feeling tingly, like the sensation that you get after you bump your crazy bone on your elbow. Hmm. It didn't take long to decide what to do. We both hightailed it out of the mine. We have no idea what we encountered that day. Hmm. Yeah. Something funky floated in here. Uh, yeah, I bet. Should... Was it the spirit of Ray Liotta? Because I didn't realize he died today. <laughs> I don't think it was Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> he died in his sleep and they don't know why. Oh. Is this another Bob Saget? <clears throat> oh, dang. Was he involved with somebody high up? Sorry, the conspiracies are just going to start spewing from my mouth now. <laughs> Good. No. All right. Are you, okay? Are you okay over there? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. We should probably do a disclaimer for this episode. <sighs> just throw it in right now because, I mean, <laughs> just disclaimer for all of our episodes. Ground and protect your energy because something weird's going to happen <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Permanent disclaimer. Here it is. Whatever that was that floated in here was super intense. Like, it made my head spin. As um, long as it doesn't come over here, I'm good. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> this next story, um, it says UFO researcher John Robinson appeared on a March of 1957 episode of <laughs> the Long John Nebels radio show. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Long John Nebel. Not to be confused with Long John Silver or Neville Longbottom from Harry Potter. Anyways. Or a Long Sorry. Nipple. <laughs> oh my gosh. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, I'm 12 years old. Okay. <laughs> At most. <laughs> At most. Um, <laughs> they were on the radio show and gave an account 
of a prospector in an eastern state who claimed his name was Brody, who had uh, contacted them claiming that he had been, quote, held prisoner for two years by mysterious black cowed figures in an underground cavern. Every attempt he made to escape, he was temporarily paralyzed by what he described as looking like a small rod wielded by his captors. According to Robinson, Brody claimed that he had witnessed other prisoners being horribly burned by by the application of similar rods. He didn't know why they let him leave, Brody said. But when he came to, he was walking down Broadway towards Times Square, still wearing the same clothes that he had on when he was taken prisoner two years prior. Uh, awkward. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Some old fashioned. That reminds me of a very, like, um, one of the, your classic, like, um, alien abduction stories. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the last one totally reminded me of in Hellier when they talk about like how they could hear the women screaming and like being drugged into the caves by the people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Matches up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So this next uh, story <laughs> is coincidentally enough from Kentucky. Um, mm. It says, according to the November of 1950 issue of Fate magazine, a similar fate awaited two young boys from Pike County, Kentucky. The youths were seen entering the old truck coal mine three miles east of Pikeville. Pikeville. Where all that weird stuff is going on close to uh, Hellier. I was about to say, is that that's we've talked about Pikeville or we've looked it up before. Yeah, Pikeville. As I'm Googling it right now, continue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It says that they entered the old mine, but they never came back out. A full-scale search of the mine failed to turn up any evidence of the missing boys. Strangely, their kerosene lantern was found discarded at the entrance. What would have made them abandon their only light source before entering the dark tunnel? Abduction by underground and humanoids springs readily to mind. Interestingly, Pike County is home to the infamous McCoy family, whose violent feud with the neighboring Hatfield clan became legendary. Years later, a woman from Pendleton County named Patsy Wingate would later claim that she was having disturbing dreams, which might have some relevance here. Wingate, according to the summer issue in 1993 of UFO Universe, uh, was one of those people who seemed to be plagued throughout their lives by brushed, uh, brushes with the unknown and the paranormal. Her experiences included UFO encounters, MIB harassment, death threats, and more. Wingate mentions a mountain near Riverton, Kentucky, where a certain UFO was seen on several occasions. Once while on the mountain, she claimed that she heard strange humming noises, which she was certain were coming from underground. Later that night, she had a frightening and vivid dream of what she said was, quote, children underground on the mountain begging for help. They were in glass cages. Some of the children looked human, Wingate stated, but some looked like aliens. The disturbing images of children crying out for help had had left her unsettled, 
Of course, she couldn't seem to shake the notion that the dream was real and terrible things were going on beneath the mountain. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. I know, right? Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Um, it says, another such cave is nearby in Hodges Cave uh, in Livingston County, Kentucky, just southeast of Salem. Some believe that this huge cavern was described in John Yuri Lloyd's Masonic work, Edadorpa. Uh, as being some of the most mysterious importance to the Freemasons. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. Witnesses have claimed to see Masons wandering around the area, although it is unclear as to what the Masons might have been wearing that so marked them against the more normally attired witnesses. One report even speaks of a nearby stone stairway leading down deep into the earth. The witnesses failed to fully investigate this stairway further. It says, as they descended into the gloomy darkness, they all claimed that they were all unanimously suddenly struck with an overpowering sense of terror. The wave of fear which struck them all utterly unexplainable, yet so irresistible, that they all immediately fled the area never to return. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. How often do we hear that, though, about people who either walk into different dimensions and they say that something just didn't feel right or like they were suddenly struck with this feeling of doom or terror? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It also says rumor has long held that immense caves also existed beneath the town of Lexington, Kentucky which once held the strangely crafted relics of a mysterious indigenous or pre-indigenous race, they said. No intrepid bluegrass spelunkers, to my knowledge, have ever taken it upon themselves to either prove or disprove this allegation, which leads one to wonder. Then again, perhaps they have long ago been explored and plundered of their own enigmatic treasures. The locations of these mysterious caves may uh, be known to some even as you read this now, but being uh, but are being kept a very closely guarded secret. Goodness, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, There's right. a lot going on in Kentucky, and we know that already, but... Ugh. Here's another one from Kentucky. Um, so it says, on December 26th of 1945, a mine explosion in Belva Mine in Pineville, Kentucky, trapped several unfortunate men deep below the ground. What makes this different from any other ordinary mine explosion was that the men uh, were rescued by what they uh, deemed was a little person dressed as a lumberjack. Yes, yes. We mm-hmm. talked about this. Mm-hmm. It says they saw what looked like a little man dressed in a lumberjack outfit emerge from a well-lit room. He said that a door appeared randomly in the rock. This little man appeared in the doorway. There was light behind him. And then the doorway in the rock suddenly shut and the rock appeared again. Yes. Yeah, the little man uh, traveled over to the trapped miners with a small lantern and told them to follow him. The men followed him through a narrow passageway and were able to escape. Which episode did I do that, talk about that in? Was it the Greys or was it something else? 
I feel like we talked about that in the Duende. No, it wasn't the Duende. It was a while back. Oh. Yeah, because I remember I was going to say he looked like a lumberjack. And I remember them saying the door, like, appeared. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It must have been. One of those episodes that I can't remember that what we did. We've done so many. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. No, no, right. Uh, let's see. This next story says, um, the sole survivor of the famous 1936 Moose River mine disaster in Nova Scotia, Alfred skating claimed that just minutes before the cave, uh, collapsed inward he was on his way to join the others when quote i came across this cross cut a tunnel running uh, across the one i was in and as i passed it i looked to the left i small i saw what looked like a small light like a flashlight about two feet from the ground swinging in someone's hand as if they were carrying a lantern they were moving away from me two minutes after i saw the light the mine came in on us Skating was trapped with two other men, both of whom perished. After his rescue, he was told uh, that there was no other human beings down in the mine at the time of the disaster, other than himself and the two others. This puzzled him because after the three of them had been trapped for quite a long period of time, they heard the sounds of shouting and human laughter. They were all clear-headed and conscious at the time, he said. At first, they thought that they were hearing children playing up on the surface, the sounds being carried down to them from some unseen vent. They had listened to these sounds for a full 24 hours, he claimed. But who could have found the plight of the trapped men to be the source of amusement and joy? Hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, so here's my last one. All right, so it says... Two witnesses had gone riding in all-terrain vehicles in a place called the Underground, which is a public and private storage facility near the town. The facility is miles and miles of carved-out caves and also stores of thousands of dehydrated food containers for the Navy. It is also a fallout shelter and can hold up to 50,000 people. Good Lord. That's right. (laughs) Uh, They had gone down about eight miles deep into the cave when they turned into an area that was marked, quote, naval authoritative zone. The walls became more defined as if polished or finished. And this was striking because this was supposed to be a newly blasted area. Both witnesses just kept going, increasing their speed since the floor was paved now. Then they came upon an unusual painted pattern on the floor, which they thought was graffiti. The road then dipped down and took a 90-degree turn to the left. They were going too fast and knew that they were going to hit it, the rock wall that was up ahead of them. But suddenly they didn't. They all described passing through what seemed like some kind of holographic projection of the cave wall. Now they come upon a whole new road system, this one large and much older than the one that they had previously come from. They began to notice an odor that was musty and damp that grew stronger as they went deeper into the area. The lighting had changed as well. It was now 60% darker than the area from which they came. They turned on their headlights and slowed down, also noticing that it was getting considerably cooler. They made a right turn and started up uh, from what looked like almost like a rest area about 40 feet away. 
one of the witnesses then saw something that at first he thought were a pair of fountains until they moved. They both stopped immediately about 30 feet away from what looked like two creatures. One was very tall, at least seven feet, maybe more, and very powerfully built. It was reddish in color. The other was smaller, about six feet tall, and was pale, almost albino in color. Everyone describes both of the beings looked, looked like two large reptiles. They said nothing, but the witnesses did get a strong, malevolent feeling, an evil presence of some kind from the taller one. One of the men screamed, and they all turned and began to speed backwards. One of the men looked backwards as they began to flee and saw the taller entity had begin, begun to follow them. He received an overwhelming feeling that if they caught up to them, harm would come to them all. They passed through the projection wall again and looked back and saw that the tall entity raised its arms and was holding what looked like a weapon of some sort, a rod of some sort that fired and hit one of the vehicles with a beam. When that beam hit the vehicle, it killed the engine, causing it to stop. The rod ran to the other vehicle, jumping on it, and then I don't know if it's you or me, but it's breaking up. <laughs> and I was hearing something on your end. I couldn't tell. Okay, yeah. It just sounded like breaking up. I mean, Pumpkin's in here, like, hacking right now, but I heard. But I could definitely hear some, like, pauses in yours. So, who knows? <laughs> Hopefully, they heard it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to backtrack a little bit then. Just a sentence or two. So, they get through the projected uh, rock wall again. One of the reptile dudes holds up a little rod, basically, and shoots this beam at one of the ATVs and it kills the engine. So this guy has just enough time to jump on the back of one of the other ATVs so that they can speed away. And it says, um, the witnesses now slowed and were about 75 feet away from the creature. They stared at the creature for around 15 seconds and then they left. They said that once the creature reached that design, the weird graffiti that they had seen in the base of the floor, it couldn't pass past that point again. So it's almost like that symbol on the floor was some sort of sigil keeping right. in there. The witnesses phoned the police after the ordeal and were told that the security in the area would deal with the matter. However, the security waited for the men and threatened to arrest them if they did not leave. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this, where was this one at? Where did this take place? It wouldn't say. It was at some sort of military installment. Okay. This reminds me of that story that I shared that was about, wasn't it Antarctica or something? Where they went down, like, very low into the ground like an underground cave and they but it was like all ice and then it was about the giants it was a giants episode oh yeah 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 and they found like the giant and that one of them chased after them like the same thing happened kind of but but they couldn't cross like the one of the barriers or something i don't know it's very like it's giving me the vibes of that which is interesting to have similar stories like that in different places. Mm-hmm. Just one was giants. This is reptilian. I saw one cave story that happened in like Austria and um, people came across what they said looked like 
reptilian beings underneath there too. Hmm. So it's very interesting. It just makes you wonder if like, if there's this one particular like low level entity that is just a shapeshifter and they just change clothes basically, because it's like the same person's doing the same thing, just wearing a different outfit, doing it. You know what I mean? Right. And you also have to kind of maybe give those crazy conspiracy theorists that believe in the reptilian people a little bit of credit when you hear stories like this. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I do believe that there are reptilians. I don't think that they've taken over our government. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but we've got to kind of think that maybe there's a little bit of truth behind things they may have seen, but... I hope that they're not walking among us every day because that's terrifying. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think so. So they just took what they saw and like, it's like a tall tale, except, you know, there's a little bit of truth behind it and then they just took it and like (laughs) ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a whole vibe. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to encounter one though. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, thank you. Immediately. No, immediately. No. Like I was like, Oh, we should explore a cave. Just kidding. We should not ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I would totally explore a cave, but I, I I totally would. I'm not scared. I just, I don't know that I would go just the two of us. (laughs) No, absolutely not. And here's the thing. Like, because we are who we are and we do what we do, either we would see nothing or we would be attacked by everything. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there is no in between. <laughs> yeah. There is no in between with us, y'all. <laughs> no. No. It's either going to be the most frightening experience of our life or nothing will happen. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Just a dead end. We'll go on the hottest day in the summer and hit every dead end possible and just <laughs> terrible. I know. I know. Cue back to what was that 20, not even last year, 2020, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Two years ago. I know. We're on like our two year anniversary of meeting. I know. We are. Like it's been longer. I know. It's been years. (laughs) Decade. (laughs) (laughs) Two years. Two years-ish. I think we went, our first one I keep forgetting was like Matthews or something. Or, yeah, Matthews in, like, May or June of 2020. Yeah. And then you were, I mean, like, very soon after that, you were pregnant with Logan. Yeah. Feels yesterday. (laughs) Lord have mercy. At the same time, so long ago. Yeah. I know. We all, this was my episode tonight. It was really good. Thanks. Um, We, Christina and I were just talking today, semi, about um, in July, we are opening up a little bit of our schedule to be able to go out on some explorations for real. Yes. It will probably be 110 degrees or rain on those days, but we are going to make it work. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have any like Hampton Roads, locale um, areas that you think we should go check out please let us know because we only have so much time and would love to soak up as much paranormal activity as we can in a short amount of time yes yep 
I know I just blocked off all of my Thursdays in July. <laughs> We're doing it. It's set Thursdays and probably some of August too. So until I have to go back to the school building again. Yes. Yep. Well, y'all find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and email us your stories at the ghosties podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And until then, stay spooky or something. Or something. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's Christina from the Ghosties Podcast. And I get this question all the time. How can I book a session with you? Head on over to christinathemedium.com. I offer meet your spirit guide sessions, spirit chat phone calls with yours truly, distance Reiki by proxy sessions, as well as Reiki certification classes. If you've been thinking for a while now about jumpstarting your spiritual awakening and healing journey, definitely check out christinathemedium.com or find me on my TikTok channel at Christina the Medium and click on my link tree to book a session. Looking forward to working with each of you. Love y'all. Hey guys, it's Missy. I am going to talk to you real quick about something that I'm absolutely in love with, and that is wine. (laughs) Shocker. Um, I love my wine, sometimes a little too much. My only complaints are all the sugar that they pump into this wine to make it so sweet or so tasty. And not only that, you feel less than zesty the next day if you have a couple too many glasses. However, I found the answer to all that. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite wine. It has no added sugars and it doesn't leave you feeling like trash the next day. And before you try to stop me and say, oh, I'm not interested in a pyramid scheme, it's not about that. It is about delicious wine that you can order anytime on your own. All you have to do is go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich. That's M-I-S-S-Y-S-T-U-P-R-I-C-H. We have cute little cans that are perfect for poolside fun this summer. We have some really bold reds. We have some delicious dry whites. We've got bubbles. We've got everything that you could want without the next day regret. So don't forget, go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich and check out your next big wine obsession.